Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Form to set us free, he predestined to give us the greatest gift of all called grace. You see, God didn't only want to give you presence, he wanted to give you his presence. Let's say that again. He didn't only want to give you presence or gifts, he wanted to give you his presence, he wanted to give you his son, Jesus Christ. See, God sent his son as an undeserved, unmerited gift to set us free from from sin and death. The book of Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 to 21 says, While Joseph was thinking these things, an angel appeared to him and told him, Do not be afraid and take Mary as his wife. The angel said, She shall have a son and you will claim, you will call him Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. God chose to show us a favor by coming to earth in human form to save us from death he gave us a beautiful gift but no gift is ours until we actually receive it the Bible says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ Romans 623 not only do we live forever because of this gift but we also receive eternal life with God Sin employs us like soldiers, and its reward is death. But God's give, God gives us with the highest quality of life, and he wraps it with the greatest wrapping paper ever called grace. We didn't deserve it, but it's ours. Romans 7, 8 says the devil, uh, the devil actually tries to, keep, uh, tries to uh, keep the law because he knows that when we try, we will fail. But Romans 7, 8 says, uh, but without the law, sin is dead. You see, when the, when the law is not there, there's no room for sin. There's no room for sin at all. Because Christ lives inside of us. Now, now I, I want to take a pause here very quick, quickly to talk about a man who made a lot of mistakes, but God still blessed him. Can someone say reckless love? Now, I want to talk about a man named Jacob. If you know Jacob, Jacob was one of the most dramatically unqualified biblical heroes in the Bible. He was a liar, he was a trickster, and he was a fraud. He spent most of his life haunted by bad decisions and, and, and something I like to call self-inflicted consequences. But although he was a fraud, although he was a liar, although he was a, a trickster, God still called him, God still chose him, and God still blessed him. Now this messes with my theology, Pastor Rowe, because this is a man that's a liar. This is a man that's a trickster. This is a man that's a fraud, but God still blesses him, calls him, and chooses, and chooses him. Humanly speaking, this man is supposed to be disqualified from receiving anything. But there's something I like to call grace. See, grace, grace, 
Grace is not a movement, church. Grace is the gospel. You and I did not deserve any of this, church. Although he's considered one of the most screwed up people in the Bible, he's also considered one of the most important people as well. But Jacob stayed behind by himself and a man and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob, as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's head out of joint. The man said, let me go, it's daybreak, Jacob said. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. The man said, what is your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer, your name, uh, your name is no longer Jacob, but from now it's Israel, God's wrestler. You wrestle with God and you've come through. Jacob asked, what's your name? The man said, why do you want to know my name? And then right then and there, he blessed them. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. Now, God does something supernatural in this story because not only does he change his Jacob's name to Israel, you see, Jacob had an identity problem since the beginning because he always wanted to be just like his brother since the beginning of time. And that's, that's the problem with a lot of us have nowadays. We go through an identity crisis because we don't know who we are in Christ. You, you say, I got to work for this. I have to work for that. I have to work to receive this blessing. I have to work to receive this miracle. Not knowing that when you are in Christ Jesus, you have everything that you're looking for. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior... You receive everything that the son has or the father has. We are co-heir to Christ. So I'm going to show you how powerful you guys are. We, we are two people that walk two worlds at the same time. Because if Christ lives in you and he lives in me, and the son is seated at the right hand of the father, we are also seated at the right hand of the father as well. And the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that God put a peace in eternity in our hearts. And some of us are waiting to go to heaven, but why wait when you can experience it now? See, because I need to understand that God isn't in heaven. Heaven is in God. Etern God isn't in eternity. Eternity is in God. Because before everything was created, where did it come from? From inside of God. God said, let there be light. It came out of him, and light happened. So, so... If eternity is in God and heaven is in God and God is inside of you, that means that you have, have, you have heaven and eternity living within you. So why are we waiting to go to something that we are? Oh, my God. And it says, Jacob always had an identity problem. Or I should rather say that he always had an Israel dying to come out of him. You see, there's a business owner that's dying to come out of you. There's a preacher that's dying to come out of you. There's a doctor dying to come out of you. Because I have some news for you. Not all of us are going to be pastors. Not all of us are going to be evangelists. Not all of us are going to be teachers. Not all of us are going to be apostles. I always say, be good at what God called you to be. You have something called power. You have something called authority. You have something called grace. You have something called Jesus living inside of you. Be good at what God called you to be. You see, you might not see it now, 
because of all your problems that you're facing right now, but there's a worshiper that's dying to come out of you. And Christ is saying, let me, let me change your name. He changes this man's name that literally means supplanter, which literally is translated to slip up to Israel, which means he who wrestled with God. But the name Israel is much more prophetic than you, than you think, church, because the, 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 the last two letters of Israel is E-L, which literally means God. So here we see a, a, a transfer of, of, of a man that his name means slip up. And God says, okay, uh, I'm going to take your name, which means slip up, and I'm going to give you mine. He says, I know you messed up. I know you're known as a liar. I know you're known uh, as a trickster. I know you're known uh, as a fraud. But I'm going to take, take your name and put it in, put it in, uh, in me, and I'm going to give you my name, which means perfection, which means grace, which means uh, no, 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 uh, no, oh, no marks, no blemishes. And that's what God does with us. He, he, takes, he takes our sinful nature, and he, he transfers it, and he gives us perfection. And I want to go more deeper. Uh, uh, Pastor Rose said um, it's better to have relationship than, than perfection, correct? I want, to more, I want to go deeper than that. I want to say that God wants to establish a covenant rather than perfection. You see, because a relationship and a covenant is, is two different things. And a relationship, you can leave whenever you want. And in relationship, if I don't like what you're doing or I don't like something that you do, I can I, buy, boo -boo, I, I buy on to the next one. But a covenant, through sickness and through health, Woo. even if you mess up today, even if you mess up tomorrow, I'm still going to love you no matter what. So God doesn't want to establish a relationship with us. He wants to establish a covenant. Because whether you're ugly today, whether you're ugly tomorrow, whether you're ugly next, next month, whether you're ugly next year, God's still going to keep on loving you. Because he doesn't see you, he sees his son. He doesn't see your mistakes, uh, he sees his son's sacrifice. He doesn't see your flaws, he sees his son's blood. Church, I need you to understand that the blood actually worked. The cross actually worked. See, in the old covenant, we had a, we had a work to receive. In the new covenant, we rest and we, re and we receive. You really think, th think about it, you really think God's going to allow something to happen after he said it is finished? There's, there's no point to do anything. He said, it is finished. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, so Jesus takes Jacob's name and he gives him his. You're saying, Pastor, but, but, but how is that possible? 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, that's, that's the transfer of receiving perfection, receiving the righteousness, receiving Christ, receiving grace, and, and, and Jesus taking all the sins that we have. Without the law, sin has no opportunity in our lives. The strength of sin is the law, 1 Corinthians 15, 56. Whew. 
So the only way, this is going to sound so radical, the only way we can live in sin is if we keep the law. My God. That's the only way we can live in sin if we keep the law. This is going to sound deep, and I'm sorry, Pastor Ro, I'm saying sorry in advance. This is radical grace right here. The only way you can live in sin is you keep the law. Romans 5, 14 to 17 says, Death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned like Adam. Through the offense of one, many are dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift by, and the gift by grace, which by one man, Jesus, abounded unto many. The gift of righteousness that God gave us is free, unmerited, and undeserved. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for this gift called grace. Because when we didn't receive it, when we didn't earn it, when it was never destined for us to begin with, God says, it's yours. It's yours, church. It's yours. Refusing to receive this gift or trying to earn it on your own is actually an insult to the giver. Say that again. Refusing to receive this gift or trying to earn it on your own is actually an insult to the giver. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but deliver him from, from us all, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? I need to understand that the gift of righteousness is free, is free for us, but it costs God a great deal. It costs God a great deal, church. And, and, and it's a privilege. And this is why I'm so passionate. And I trust and believe I get criticized. I get judged for preaching this message. But something Apostle Paul said, he said, if you're not getting criticized, you're not preaching the right gospel. See, people, people think that this, this, this grace thing is, 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 is new. Grace has always been in the picture. Since the garden. Book of Genesis. Lucifer tells Eve, Eve, if you eat from this tree, you will be like God. Right? The problem, the pastor, the problem, the problem was that Adam and Eve were already like God. See, the enemy will always offer you something that you already have. The enemy's assignment has always been a prototype. He wanted to be like God. See, the, the reason why he attacks you or, 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 or he comes after your worship is because you took his position. So what the enemy does, he, he tries to, to keep you in sin. He tries, he tries to rather want you to preach the law because he knows that if, when you preach the law, you're under sin. I go a little bit more deeper. Apostle Paul says, if you're preaching the law, you're under a curse. To get this gift to work, all you need to do is be aware that it exists and get it in your mind. Simple. 
See, we, 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 we make Christianity harder than what it really is. You know? All we have to do is believe it, receive it, and manifest it. But what's stopping you from believing it, from receiving it, and manifesting it? You see, there's, 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 there's a great battle that's happening right now. And there's a story about when Rebecca has her two sons living inside of her. Ishmael and Isaac. The Bible says that she literally had two nations fighting inside of her. And that's what's happening right now in the body of Christ. We have, whew, we have grace and we have law battling each other inside. And we have the, the message of the law that's fighting against the message of the, uh, uh, the gospel of grace. Because the enemy wants you to preach the law. Because he knows as long as you preach the law, you're under sin. But as long as you preach the gospel of grace, you're, you're, you're free. All you have to do is believe that it works. And you don't have to work for it. When we receive it, we will no longer want to keep sinning. This is, this is radical. This is radical. And stay with me. Only mature Christians will understand this. When we receive it, we will no longer want to keep singing, sinning. Even when we do sin, our identity in Christ will not change. I'm going to say that again. Even when we do sin, our identity in Christ will not change. We will still be the righteousness of God because our identity is not based on what we do. Our identity is based on who he is. Our identity is not based on our works. Our identity is based on Christ, Jesus. And as we, know, as we all know this, that, see, grace is not a license to sin. As a matter of fact, look what Titus 2.12 says. It says, 2.11 and 12, it says, for by grace... For by grace, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodly things and worldly passions. If anything, grace teaches us to not sin. See, uh, a lot of people saying, see, oh, since you live under grace, you can do whatever you want. No. If anything, when you know who you are in Christ... And living under grace, it teaches you to say no to, to ungodly things. You see, God doesn't hate the world. What God does not like is what the world follows. That's the problem. Because if God hated the world, then why, why, why did God say in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world? He gave his only begotten son. So I came to let you know that even if you make mistakes, 
Your identity is not based on your mistake. Your identity is, 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 on base, is based on the cross. It's based on Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You, you, you are not, what, you are not who, what people say you are. You will not be classified as, as, as the slip-up anymore. Because as soon as you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now you recognize as the righteousness and the glory of God. You see, some of us are asking for something that we already are. You see, some of us are asking for glory. The next time you want to see glory, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Because the Bible says that the glory of man is the woman, and the church typifies the women, right? So, so if the glory of man is the woman, and we are the church, we are the glory of God. But if you don't know your identity, when you, if you don't know where you're rooted in, you're not going to know your, who you are. And I believe that it's important for us as a body of Christ to know who we are so that we can impact the people out there. You have to understand that for you to impact out there, you have to first know who you are in here. Once we are born again, we will never lose this gift. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. Once we are born again, this is the gift that you can never lose. It enables us to reign like kings, just like a king making a decree. Whenever we declare something, it will come to pass. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. I need to understand. You need to understand that there's power in your words. I certainly believe that God is is placing Kuhau in a season that it's time not only to declare but to manifest. Faith without works is dead. So the season, the season of declaring comes to an end, and now is a season of manifest that you guys are going to enter. Just like a king, a king declares, it shall come to pass. Jesus is the gift that liberated us from the law of Moses, giving us life instead of death. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 to 7 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of them who did not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, shine unto him. We have this treasure in ourselves, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. <laughs> the enemy's assignment is to not make people understand or believe the, the gospel message about this free gift called grace. The enemy's assignment... It's to attack your mind because I need to understand that the enemy's headquarters is your mind. He knows that if he gets control of this, he gets control of all of you because it's the mind that controls the body. See, see, if, if I think like a business owner, I'm going to act like a business owner. But if I think like a homeless man, I'm not going to produce anything. So the enemy knows if, if, if I keep them in bondage, if I keep them in the law, I can keep them in bondage of sin. But once the body of Christ sets this free, 
then the heart will be free. Then the chains will be loose. He will rather have them believe the religious message that say they must work for it. Spiritual blindness to what Christ did for us is the biggest issue in the church today. It is true bondage to be in the light, but not to be able to see it. I'm going to go a little bit more deeper. The problem with the church today is not a sin issue, it's a disbelief issue. See, because people say that the first, the first sin in the Bible was disobedience. I go deeper. It was disbelief. And after, when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam says, God, we're naked. God said, who told you you were naked? <laughs> he didn't care about the sin they committed. He cared more about them not believing who they were. So the problem we're having today, because I need to understand something, Jesus overcame sin on the cross. It's not a sin issue. It's a disbelief issue that we're having within the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying go outside and do whatever you want, because it's not like that. The problem that we're having today is that you don't know who you are in Christ. The gospel of grace, the gospel is the grace of God. Comparing and contrasting passages in the books of Isaiah and Luke shows us the same message that was given in the Old Testament was also given in the New Testament because as we all know, the Old Testament, the, New Test the Old Testament was a shadow of the New Testament. A shadow is an incomplete picture of, of, of a picture. And look what Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 says. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me. Because the Lord has appointed me to preach good tithings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, comparing and contrasting, the book of Luke 4, 18 and 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight to the blind, set liberty to those who are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I need you to understand something, that the opening of the prison can be compared to the recovering sight of the blind. The Hebrew word for opening the prison is the same as opening the eyes. So our assignment as kingdom citizens is to open up the eyes of those who are blind. So open up the eyes of those sinners outside. It is our divine assignment to preach the gospel of grace, because through the gospel of grace is the only way that the blind will open their eyes. When your eyes are open to Jesus, you will no longer be held captive to performance-based religion that, that says you have to do this to receive that. You have to do this to flow in that dimension. You have to do this to, be, uh, to carry this position, to carry that title. 
2 Kings uh, 6, verse 14 to 17 says, The king of Syria sent horses, chariots, and a great host, and they came by night and encompassed the city. When the servant of the man of God looked out, he saw them, and he asked what to do. The man of God said, Fear not, they who are with us are greater than those who are with them. Elijah prayed with God, would open the servant's eyes. When he did, the servant saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah. Sometimes we have to open our eyes to see the truth. At first, Elijah's servant only saw the temporary reality of the earth, but Elijah saw the eternal reality. I needed to understand something, that the realm of grace is eternal. We think differently when we see this. So in order to receive or see this realm, you need to do three steps. Believe it, receive it, and manifest it. If you do not get anything today, I just want you to know these three steps. Believe it, receive it, and manifest it. Ephesians 1, 16 to 19 says, I pray that God gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, and that you may know that the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. We must believe that this gift is ours. Once we believe it, we can receive it, believe it, and manifest it. I believe that God is trying to Show us a side of him that we've never seen before. And I always share this testimony. I shared it yesterday at a youth camp. June 17, 18th of 2017, my mother was diagnosed with colon cancer. And being real with you, I was, I was frustrated with God, Pastor Rowe. I, I, can I be transparent with you guys today? I cursed at God. I said, God, how dare you do this? I preach your word. I do everything that I'm supposed to be doing. He said, Andy, you can preach about a God that saves because I've saved you. He said, Andy, you can preach about a God that provides because in a moment of your life, I provided for you. But he said, Andy, you can't preach about a God that heals if you never experience a healing. You see, I, I knew God as a savior. I knew God as a provider, but I didn't know God as a healer. And I think that's the moment where God opens up that realm. When we think we know him, he says, okay, I'm going to show you a side that you haven't encountered me yet. And that's the same way with the realm of grace. For so long, we were taught, you got to do this to receive. You got to wear this. You got to wear that. And I kid you not, I've been in church all my life, born and raised, 24 years. And it is now that I am experiencing Jesus Christ to his fullness. I thought I knew God until the, realm of, until the realm of grace was open. I thought I knew him, church. 
and I will tell, I will tell my friends about this image of God that I created in my mind, not knowing that God is like a completely different person. See, that's the, that's the problem that religion taught us to create a God in our minds that is nowhere near to the real God. See, we were, we were taught that God is some furious, angry man. That if you messed up, he's going to hate you. That if you messed up, he's going to leave you. I have some news for you. God can never leave you. For his word says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. God doesn't leave God. God doesn't leave us. We leave God. I'll, get, I'll go a little bit more deeper. We don't accept God. God accepted us. Because there's nothing that you can do to receive this gift called salvation. There was nothing that you can do to receive this gift called grace. But his sacrifice. But his blood. But his son. And our assignment from this moment on is to open up the realm of grace to those who are out there. To those who have been bounded to religion, to those who have been bounded to sin. Our job, before we go out there, believe it, receive it, and manifest it. I, wanna, I want you to bow your heads this morning. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.